Because you are about to be blessed. Glory to God. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. Mark, are you ready? All right. You are the man. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Now, I'm going to quote this again. I'm going to share it with you out of a couple of different translations. I want you to think, when you hear the phrase, preach the word, I want you to think, be a Christian, so that you don't just think this is a message to preachers. I want you to think your life is the message of the gospel being preached through the way that you live. So everything that I say this morning keys off of this verse. I want you to think, be a Christian. Shine for Jesus. All right? So when I say preach the word, that's what you're going to think. Be a Christian. Shine for Jesus. All right? Are you ready? So, again, in the English Standard Version, it says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season. In the New English Translation, it says, preach the message, be ready whether it is convenient or not. And the Amplified says, herald and preach the word, keep your sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand and be ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcomed or whether you're not welcomed, be ready, be at hand, hallelujah, whether it's convenient or not, in season or out of season. Everyone say out of season. Many years ago, I had the opportunity to visit Hawaii. I was very excited. Um, there were a number of things that Kathy and I wanted to do on our, on our list of experiences. And right at the very top of my list was I wanted to go to Waimea Bay on the north shore of Oahu, and I wanted to see the Bonsai Pipeline. Now, for those of you that don't know what the Bonsai Pipeline is, have you ever watched those surfing shows? The Bonsai Pipeline is a section in Waimea Bay of Beach, where those waves just get, I mean, I think they get up to 100 feet, unbelievable, huge waves, giant curls, and those world-class surfers shoot those curls, man. They shoot that pipeline, and I grew up watching this, and I thought, if one of the places I want to go and I want to see while I'm alive is I want to go to the Bonsai Pipeline in Waimea Bay in Hawaii, and I want to see that. So I was so excited, we touched down in uh, Honolulu, and we got our room, and it was, everything was wonderful, and that we had a particular day set aside where we were going to go up north to the North Shore and see the Bonsai Pipeline. I was so excited. We rented the car. We got in. We drove out there, and I, I couldn't wait. I saw the sign, Bonsai Pipeline, Waimea Bay, and I turned. We turned into the park. We turned onto the beach, and as I drove out onto the beach, I couldn't hardly believe my eyes. I walked out there, and I'm a Florida boy. And not only that, I'm a West Coast Florida boy, which means if those waves get two foot, that's a tidal wave for us. That's, a, that's what we call a tsunami on the West Coast of Florida. Is if, it, if, it's, if you're knee deep and that wave splashes up to your hip, that's a tsunami. I stepped out onto that beach, and it was a sea of glass. It looked like 
a mirror stretching out to the horizon, not so much as a ripple. I looked around, I thought, where am I? Where's the pipeline? Where's the waves? There weren't any surfers, there was nothing. There was an old man with a metal detector and a funny floppy hat walked on. That's all that was there. I got back in the car. I drove back out to the entrance of the park. I checked. Did I go to the wrong place? Sure enough, there it was. Bonsai Pipeline, Waimea Bay. I drove back out to the beach again. I thought, maybe we need to wait a while. I don't know if any of you could guess what the problem was. Out of season. It was August. And... The only time the Banzai Pipeline occurs is during the time of the northern currents coming down in the wintertime. When the northern currents come down in the wintertime, that's when that, that calm sea of glass turns into the, the great Banzai Pipeline. Hallelujah. But I was there in August, and you know, I could pray. I could stand there all day long. I could camp out on the beach, but I was not going to see the Bonsai Pipeline. I was going to see just nice, calm waves. Why? Because I was out of season. And when you're out of season, you're out of season. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Now, the Bible says, be instant in season and out of season. Doesn't it? That's what God's Word says. However, most lives, most lives, including Christians, are controlled by the seasons that they pass through. Think about that statement for just a moment. Our dress, the financial seasons that we go through, the seasons of our life. We better hurry up and and get a career going now. We better hurry up and get married now. Time is running out. The season is passing. Most people are absolutely dominated by and controlled, limited to the seasons that their life passes through, leaving most people believing that the opportunities in life have passed with the seasons when the season passes, and they become de-energized and succumb to defeat when they find themselves out of season. Everyone say out of season. Um, I've, I've traveled on some subways, different famous subways, New York subway, the London tube, Paris subway, uh, different subways around the world. And one thing is when you're a stranger in a strange place, you're going through the subway, you really want to pay attention to the season, the, the timing of the train. Because when that train pulls away, it's not going to back up and get you. If you're out of season, if you got there, Five minutes late, the train's not going to... You have to wait for the season to come back around again. How many of you know? Have you ever had a train back up to get you? No, no it doesn't back up. You just have to wait till the season comes around again. And uh, when I'm at those, uh, when I'm at those uh, subways, different subways and tubes and so forth, um, I, I'm just, when I know that that train's coming in, I'm right there, man, up on the platform, because I'm not sure about where I'm at. I don't know the language, you know, so I want to make sure, oh, here comes the train. I match up the numbers, make sure everything's right, jump on. I want to get on that train. But when I'm out of season, what do I do? 
I put my bags down, I sit down. I become de-energized. Now, when I know that train's coming, I'm energized. I'm there. I'm ready to get on that train. But when I know I've missed it and it's out of season, I back up. There's usually a seat somewhere you can sit down. I put my guitar down, drop my bags, and I just sit there and wait. What am I waiting for? For the season to come back around again. Do you understand what I'm saying to you this morning? When you're out of season, you become de-energized. Your expectation drops. Your faith drops. Your anticipation subsides. But God says, don't pay attention to the seasons. Even if your season has passed. Even if it's not convenient. Even if opportunities are unfavorable or you're not welcomed, the word says, be ready, stand by, stand up, keep your sense of urgency. Even if the season has passed. Now, why would God make seasons? Because God is the one who created Waimea Bay and the Bonsai Pipeline and those northern currents, and he's the one who made them to flow in January, not in August. So I was just playing out a season. Why would God make seasons and then tell us not to pay attention to them? Because God wants to show you that he is greater than the seasons that he has made. And the advantages and disadvantages that come and go as they pass and you pass through them in your life. He wants you to know that he is not subject to the seasons. He's the season maker. God can issue a season for you any time, whether it's convenient or not convenient. Whether it's in season or out of season, your season is always ready to pop. Can you say praise the Lord? Wonderful story in the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament. The walls of the great city of Jerusalem had been destroyed by the king Nebuchadnezzar who came from Babylon. Seventy years later, God sends Nehemiah back into the ruins of, ba- uh, ruins of Jerusalem to rebuild the walls and uh, re- rebuild the gates of the city because he was going to send his people back. The season had come for God to bring his people back. And so Nehemiah got there, and instead of ordering stone cutters to go to the quarries, wherever they might have been, and find timbers for the doors and cut stones and bring new materials, the Bible tells in the fourth chapter of Nehemiah that the old stones that had all been destroyed and the walls had been burnt and had been destroyed and the giant beautiful wooden gates had all been burnt and they were They were literally piled up in big mountainous heaps called rubble. Heaps of rubble that had been lying around in different locations around the city for 70 years. Those heaps of rubble were there. And Nehemiah decided, we're not going to cut new stone. We're not going to make new gates. We're going to take these old burnt stones and we're going to work the char off and we're going to take these old gates. We're going to scrape the uh, burnt parts and we're going to re-outfit them and we're going to rebuild the wall with the same materials that existed 40 years ago. 
So Nehemiah rebuilds the walls and the gates of Jerusalem, not with the new materials, but with the burnt and broken down stones and gates heaped in piles of rubble from past seasons when Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed the city. He used the material from seasons that had gone by. Are you listening to me? Praise the Lord. Anybody ever felt like a like you were just a burnt old stone, that your season had passed, that you're just a charred gate, you're not even hanging on the hinges anymore, you're just laying there, people walk by you, and when they used to see you, you were a stone in the wall, you were a gate, hallelujah, that people walked in and out of. And the Bible said, lift up your head, O ye gates, and be lifted up, O everlasting doors. But no more, no longer. Now they walked by and they said, someone needs to get this garbage out of here. These just big treads in there. Someone's got to move this rubbish. We can't even build this in the way. It's just a big pile of rubbish. How many of you said at one point or another in your life you felt like, man, the train's pulled out? I'm there. I'm on that pile, on that rubbish, on that burnt stone. Are you listening to me? In Ezekiel chapter 37, when God wanted a great, fresh army to raise a great army, the Bible says he sent the prophet, hallelujah, out on a cliff to overlook the valley of dry bones, the dead, bleached, dried bones of a previous generation whose season of life had passed. And God reconstituted that army out of old, dead bones. He didn't go out and send a, re, a, a, a team of recruitment uh, uh, people to go out and recruit the young, live, uh, virile, excited, full of energy, young men around. Instead, he got the old bones, and he brought them together. He put the meat back on them. He put the skin back on them. He said, now prophesy. Prophesy, and the Spirit of God entered into those bodies. And they stood up on their feet. The Bible says, an exceeding great army. And we're filled with the power of God. Couldn't, would it not have been better had the Lord just found some guys that were already alive, hanging around, doing nothing, you know, unemployment everywhere, no one's got anything to do, standing around looking for something to do. Let the Spirit of God come in them. Are you listening to me this way? Let the Spirit of God come in them. They're standing around. They don't have anything going on. Why would God do something like that? No, he's got to go to dead bones. Make them alive again. Listen, I'm talking to you this morning. If you've ever felt in your life that your season's gone, the train's pulled out, and you're just there in a heap or dead, disjointed bones, God's season, no matter what seasons have come and gone in your life, God's season's always ready, and it's always in front of you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. When God comes to Abraham... And he wants to begin a new race of people that will be birthed by his covenant promise. He uses Sarah to bring forth Isaac, 90 years old. When God wants to bring a messenger to be the herald, to go before the Messiah, the Son of God, and to prepare the hearts of the people, he uses Elizabeth to bring forth John the Baptist. Both these women were decades past their season. Both these women, their seasons had passed decades before. 
And even when they were in their season, they were barren. You ever read that scripture that talks about being twice dead, plucked up by the roots? Man, Man. <clears throat> Man these girls were double dead. Even when they were in their season, they couldn't produce children. And now they're decades past their season. I'm preaching some hope. Preaching some life in the people. I want you to know that God is the one who says, I may have made the seasons. And they do control natural things. They bring advantages. And when they've gone, the advantages are gone with them. And you're not going to get that train back. But I am the season maker. I am the season maker. I am that I am. Hallelujah. Are you listening? When God was looking to find a deliverer to lead his people out of slavery in Egypt, he doesn't choose a young man, strong and brave, a man that was already inclined to... There were probably tons of of, uh, young Hebrew men that would have loved to have God show up in a burning bush and say, Hey, Pete, come over here. I'm God. Guess what? I want what you want. I want to break this tyranny of slavery. I want to bring your people out. Would you be my instrument? Pete would be, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. God said, well, I'd like to use your brother. Forget my brother. I'll do everything. I'll do it all. No, he doesn't go get Pete. Are you listening to me? What does he do? He gets the elderly Moses who had fled Egypt in fear and in failure, 40 years before, when he was in the prime of his season. His season was long gone. Believe me, the dream, the aspiration, the vision of, of, uh, of bringing God's people out of Egypt had died with him in the Midian desert. 40 years. But God said, hey, I know you, come over here. Out of the burning bush, he sends Moses. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. If you know where I'm, ta- where I'm going with this this morning. Lazarus. Lazarus is gravely ill. If he's going to get healed, it needs to happen right now. Yet Jesus deliberately lets Lazarus' healing season pass drops dead and then lets four days go beyond that why so that he can raise him from the dead rather than just healing are you listening to me you see the lord is trying to tell us i don't rely upon the natural seasons we pray like god is limited to natural seasons lord this is your opportunity oh god The people are ready. I've got them all ready for you. Oh, Lord, our home is ready. Oh, Lord, our marriage is ready. Oh, Lord, I'm ready. This is the time. Come on, God. You're not going to get a better time than now, Lord. Send it now. Send it now. Then after a while, that train pulls out. You put your stuff down, and you're sitting down. You are low energy. You are defeated. Well... The opportunities passed. What happened to you? You see, you think God pulled out on that train. 
You think God, who creates the season, rides the seasons. You think that the Lord who makes the times and makes the seasons and makes the turning of the world and all the different changes that it brings, that He operates through it, but He doesn't. I am the Lord, I change not, God said. He is perpetual life. He is ever shining, ever living, all powerful, always on, never off, always alive, always up, never down, never dead. He doesn't move through seasons. He moves against seasons. Somebody say praise the Lord. You see, God's seasons, <coughs> God's season, when, when a God season comes, it doesn't depend upon the seasons of life. Remember the scripture, be ready, stand by, keep your sense of urgency. Because God's season can come after the natural seasons have already passed. And have taken their resources and their opportunities with them. Don't put your bags down. Don't relax. Don't de-energize. Get your feet up to the line. Lean into it. Be ready. Be instant in season or out of season. You see, when you're in Jesus' season, he rejuvenates the old and he reconstitutes the dead. That's why the valley of dry bones is there. That's why those two dried up sisters... Sorry. You get what I'm talking about. I guarantee you they didn't even want to be a mama at that point. Do you understand what I'm talking about? When they were 40, when they were 40 and watching the calendar, looking at the watch, they were, saying, they were like, come on, come on, Jehovah. Come on, Yahweh. I'm 40, come on. <laughs> oh, God. And then here comes 50. By the time 90 comes around, they're not, please, No. I got, I got, you know, I got nieces and nephews. I've learned to, I've learned to accommodate. No, no, you get your feet up to the line. Get ready. I said, get ready. Hallelujah. God sees him. God does not limit himself to the young and fresh generations in their season. I didn't say he doesn't use them. I said he doesn't limit himself. He doesn't limit himself to the young and fresh generations in their seasons. Why? Because the chosen are not gathered from among the obvious. But they're gathered from among the obedient who will carry his glory with appreciation and gratitude. I liked it too. I am going to say it again. God does not choose and, and take the chosen from among the obvious. but from among the obedient. Those who will carry His glory with gratitude. That's what you need. If your energy's past, if your health isn't quite what it is, your mind isn't maybe clicking, you know, along the lines of what it used to be, or maybe you're just not welcome. That was one of the things the Scripture said, whether the season is welcoming or not welcoming. Man, when I was young, people wanted me to be on their team. Now nobody wants me to be on their team. You see what I'm saying? You're not welcome. Nobody's calling you to dinner. 
Nobody wants you at the party. People want window dressing at the party. They want good-looking people at the party. They don't want tore-down people at the party. Come on now. Do you know? You ever know? You've seen the lines outside the clubs? You know why those people aren't getting in? They look average. Up comes some, some chick, some babe, and, and she's rocking it. Boy, she gets right to the center, right to the front of the line. In you go. Oh, come on. My name is, I don't care what your name is, just go ahead and go on in. Some dude pulls up in his Lamborghini, he's going in. See, they're welcomed. You're not welcome. You pull up in your, you know, you pull up in, in, in your, uh, yeah, your Taurus. You know, you can, you're not even parking in the parking lot, man. You know what I'm saying? You're not welcome. God said, forget about it. Stand ready. Stand by. Keep your sense of urgency. Don't worry if you're not. And a matter of fact, if you're not welcome, if you're not like, a, a, you know, all lined up and ready and, and the, the youth of the season, get your, your anticipation should be cranked up really high because God loves using the foolish things to confound the wise. So when is God's season? Okay, when is, when is God's season? I know a lot of you are probably asking the question, well, all right, I'm with you, preacher, hallelujah, praise the Lord and all that, but come on, well, I've been waiting, when's God's season? When is God's season? When is, how many of you would like to know that answer? When is God's season? Mm-hmm, that's what I thought. John chapter 7, Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come. But your time, your season is always ready. There it is. But your season is always ready. Jesus said it. Let me say it again. Your season is always ready. You see, Jesus was saying that when you live in me, your season is always ready. In Christ, you're not limited to the passing of seasons or the advantages and disadvantages that they take or leave. Your season is always ready in Christ because he is the season maker. When you find yourself out of season and stuck in the cold, hard ground, that's when you have the opportunity to decide if you're buried or planted. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in... Not for in all things. Let me say it to you again. I like this translation. Give thanks in all circumstances. In all seasons. Give thanks in all seasons. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. When you find yourself out of season. Don't sit down. Don't wait for the next train to come around. Look up and give God praise. Give thanks. That's the will of God. God's will for you when you're out of season is call out to the season maker. Call out to the head of the seasons, the Lord of seasons. Hallelujah. Lift up praise to him. Jesus said in his word, 1 Thessalonians 5, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, the key that will unlock that out of season place that you're in is give thanks. 
That's my will for you. When we are out of season, we always say, well, what does God want me to do? Man, the train's pulled out. The season's passed. Now what do I do? What's God's will for me? Now what am I supposed to do? And we just kind of like this all the time. There's your answer. Give thanks. Oh, really? You've got to be. Give thanks? Give thanks? That's the answer? Give thanks? Oh, honey, if you know what Thanksgiving does, hallelujah. Give thanks. Thanksgiving is what takes the plane up to cruising altitude. Thanksgiving is when you're riding. You know, I'm going to be on a plane next week, and I've flown so many times, you just know how it goes. If you're hungry, thirsty, just wait. Because that service ain't coming out until they hit cruising altitude. They hit cruising altitude, the service comes out. Thanksgiving gets you up to cruising altitude. Then out comes the blessing. Out comes the food. Out comes the drink. Out comes everything you need. What you need to do is you need to just climb a little bit higher. When you're in that season, begin to praise Him. Begin to thank Him. Begin to lift up your voice. Be the fool for Christ. Hallelujah. People are going to look at... Now, I would advise if you can't stand being different from everybody else, then you probably don't want to be a Christian. But if you understand the beauty of being a fool for Christ while everyone else is sitting down saying, oh, the train's passed and everything. You're the one who's going to look uncool. You're the one who's going to look silly standing up on the line waiting for that train to come. And they're also, you missed the train, man. It's out of season. No, you don't understand. I know the season maker. He's running on a different schedule. He's going to bring something by for me. When you begin to praise him, you begin to lift him up. You begin to give him glory. Hallelujah. That's when you decide, I'm planted. I'm down here in this hard, cold ground. And you can make up your mind. I'm either buried or I'm planted. I'm either a dead corpse or I'm a seed waiting to break forth. But you've got to make up your mind. Planted or buried. What's it going to be? But listen. When you begin to give God praise, when you begin to worship Him, it is the glory of your praise that's going to break through that ground into fruitfulness. Can you say amen? Amen. Psalm 105, 17. And I want to close with this one thought as we think about Joseph down in Egypt. The Bible says, God had sent a man ahead of them Joseph, who was sold as a slave. God saw the famine. God saw that that all of the house of Isaac and Jacob would be in starvation during that famine. But God, God saw that famine season coming. And so the Bible says God ordained a man, sent a man. It says he was a very prosperous man. Hallelujah. Even as a young man, he had dreams of of his family surrounding him and bowing to him and honoring him. This young man's name was Joseph. The Bible says, God sent a man who was sold as a slave. My goodness, he was a prosperous man, yet he was sold as a slave. It's so ironic, the life of Joseph, 
because it is, a, it is a living testimony of the fact that God calls us to live ironically. He calls us to live a life against the grains of the seasons of life. To live for the seasons of God. If we all let God, if we, when the out-of-season period of your life comes, if you won't sit down and won't shut up, but if you'll stand up and speak up, if you'll praise Him instead of get quiet, if you'll have faith instead of give up your dream and believe God, God will hook you up to that dream that He gave you. He will bring it to pass. He'll make it to happen. Can you say amen? I believe that when Joseph was an old man after all of the fulfillment had taken place and he was reigning over Egypt, one day he sat down and had one of his great-great-grandchildren sitting on his knee and he was recounting the story of the dream in his life and how it all unfolded. He might have begun that story something like this. In my youth, I dreamt of my family surrounding me with honor. And as I considered how wonderful my life was going to be, sitting on top of all that glory and imagining how it could all come to pass, a slave trading caravan swept me up and carried me down into Egypt. I can imagine his grandchildren sitting there knowing that they're listening to the prime minister of Egypt and he's telling the story of how he came to glory and he says, well, God gave me that dream and as I was thinking about it, the next thing I knew I was in irons being drugged down into Egypt, into slavery. My season had not even begun to open and it ended. My season closed. My season went past me. I was ripped from my season like an abortion. But God's season was still on track in Joseph's life, wasn't it? God's season was still on track. No matter what he went through, no matter what happened, God's season is always in front of you. Fruitfulness is always in front of you. It's never behind you. Just remember, I'm either or I'm buried or planted. He could have decided I'm buried. And I think a lot of Christians have never received the fulfillment of what God had for them because they made up their minds that they were buried and they chose to cling to the seasons of this world. But I want to encourage you today That if God has spoken, your season is always ready. That's what Jesus said. Close your Bible and stand with me this morning. I would like to be able to just speak over you, to prophesy over you today. If your heart is reaching out and you know that you are living in the Jesus season... The Bible says your season is always ready. I know that the pull and the effect of natural seasons is very real. It's very obvious every time we look in the mirror. Every time we try to tear off down the street chasing 
something that got away and we realized, ah, eh. not quite as fast as I used to be. Or any of those things. Finances. They talk about the, the bull market. And uh, oh, everybody's making money, but then the, bears, the bear market comes. Oh my God, it's the bear season. And people are jumping out of windows and pulling back. But God doesn't run by bull markets or bear markets. Hallelujah. Jesus' season is always ready. Glory to God. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Make this profession before the Father this morning. Lord, I'm living in your season. I'm not buried. I'm planted. I'm not staying in the ground. I'm breaking out. I'm shooting forth. Fruit is before me. And I will show forth the glory of the Lord. I will yet praise Him. He is worthy. And that worthiness is going to manifest in me. Lord, I believe in Jesus' name. Every gift, every dream, every call you have put in me is still before me. And I'm walking into it. It's coming forth. It's coming out. And I am following all that you have given. In the name of Jesus, give Him praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, now you know what to do the next time you feel out of season. <laughs> next time you pull into the parking lot and nobody's there. Next time you go out to the bonsai pipeline and the waters are all flat. You can wait for the next season, but I know some of us are thinking, I don't know if I've got another season in me. Just remember the words of Jesus. Your season is always ready. Always ready. Always ready. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, right now, I just release the glory and the anointing of God. I thank you for the healing anointing. I thank you for the delivering anointing. I thank you for the anointing that answers prayer. For the Bible says that the battle doesn't belong to the strong, the swift, or the mighty, but the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. And I praise you and thank you, Father God, right now for the visitation, for the moving of the Spirit, for the impartation of the gifts. I thank you for multiplication, growth, and shooting forth on the right hand and on the left. I thank you, Father God, right now for joy that comes in the morning. Weeping might last for a little while, but joy is yours in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Somebody say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Keep your hands up one more moment. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. As you step out into this new week, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you. There'll be shouts of joy 
and the trees of the field shall clap their hands. You walk into a new day as the child of God. Be blessed. Be happy. Be strong. Hallelujah. Let your light shine. In Jesus' name, let His glory reign. Amen. God bless you, everybody. Praise the Lord. Woo! Yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Glory to God.